from WISP Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Capital Chance podcast brought to you by Spectrum. I'm Adam Kelnhofer, reporter here at WIS Politics, joined in the office in Madison today by my colleague Kate Morton to talk about an interview she just did with Assembly Campaigns and Elections Committee Chair Representative Scott Krug. He is a Republican from Nakusa. So, Kate, what did you and Representative Krug get to talk about? Well, Adam, we touched on a lot of different election-related topics. As we all know, Megan Wolf, the WEC administrator, has been a big topic lately of discussion and some controversy. So we kind of talked about what he thinks of her um, and the job she's done. We also talked about some of the bipartisan bills he hopes to get through that committee. And he said he's really focused on doing legislation that people across both sides of the aisle can agree on. So let's just get right into the interview. All right. So thank you, Representative Krug, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Um, Just to get started, uh, we're heading into a really big election year. So maybe you could tell me some of your priorities as the Assembly Campaigns and Elections Chair. Yeah, you know, I think my biggest priority is to make sure that 2024 is not a repeat of 2020, right? I mean, it doesn't matter where people really stand and what happened in 2020, what the what the end result was, how they felt it happened. Uh, the ultimate goal for the assembly campaign, the elections team on both sides of the aisle is just to make sure it doesn't happen again. And the only way we do that is to make sure that our laws are crystal clear, to make sure that we uh, help our municipal clerks understand that they run elections and it doesn't really matter who's in charge over at WEC. Uh, yes, they're there for advice and guidance, but Wisconsin and Michigan are the only two states in the union that have so many layers and levels of election administration that as long as we educate our municipal clerks ahead of time, that our laws are clear, uh, I think we can avoid any controversy and problems when it comes to the 2024 election. Yeah, so I guess getting into more of the specifics, are there any things about election administration and how the way that we run elections now that you think to needs to maybe maybe like changed or updated in any way? Yeah, I think there's one thing in particular, and I and I talk about it all the time. I, you know that in in our world, perception is reality, right? So there are so many people who think that. When you've got a large amount of absentee ballots that don't get counted until election day and those take way late into the night to count and they get the perception that these ballots are showing up late, uh, that's something that has to change. So the biggest priority I've got in the assembly side on the elections uh, area is making sure that we can process absentee ballots before election day. I mean, it's just, it's a it's an interesting dynamic that Wisconsin has that we don't do this. There are states like, you know, even deep red states, Florida and and Utah. And when I talk to all these other secretaries of state and directors of elections, when I tell them what we have going on here and how we do it, they look at me kind of stunned, like, well, we've always just counted and processed them as soon as they come in. So we're able to report it right away. I say, well, who who complains about it? Why there's got to be people up in up in arms in your states because you, they think it's not safe or secure or whatever. He's like, no, it it's fine. You know, we're just taking ballots that are coming in and counting them. And 
storing them in a safe location. He goes, it's not an issue. Uh, and I think that's 90% of the problem in Wisconsin right now is a perception issue uh, when it comes to, you know, how we count and process absentee ballots, uh, where if we can figure that out, I think that'll calm a lot of the nerves for the 2024 election, uh, put a lot more, a lot more emphasis in everybody's mind that we are already safe, secure, and, you know, have a great election system. I think that would just make it even a little bit more better uh, if we just, you know, took care of those things ahead of time instead of waiting until three in the morning to report some results. So I believe that was something of an effort last session that maybe didn't work out. Are you hopeful that Democrats and Republicans can kind of find a way to make that happen this session? Yeah, I think so. There, there's quite a few uh, colleagues on both sides of the aisle right now who, you know, we've had plenty of conversations uh, either in the office or during committee time just to say, okay, this is the priority. Uh, where are your you know, lines in the sand, things that you want to see in that bill, things that you don't. Uh, we're working with stakeholders to make sure that they're happy with whatever version might come out that we're going to hear in the committee sometime, hopefully September, October-ish. Uh, so I think we've really worked hard to tell everybody way ahead of time what to expect. Uh, we've tried to avoid any controversy uh, by being open and honest and transparent about our end goal. Uh, we've also really tried in the assembly to stay away from all of the, you know, issues surrounding WEC uh, and whatever's going on with the confirmation, non-confirmation appointment stuff with Meng and Wolf and uh, letting the Senate deal with their issues while we focus on policy. Uh, every bill that we've heard so far in the assembly campaign and elections committee has been a bipartisan bill. Uh, we made it clear from the beginning, if you are a bill author and have an idea uh, and you don't have a bipartisan group of co-authors, we're not going to hear your bill. Uh, and that's just something that's kind of laid the groundwork to help build up to the point where we can have this conversation on this early processing and absentee votes by just building trust in the process before we hear the bill. Sure. Yeah, you also mentioned this big discussion yep. about the WEC administrator, Megan Wolf. Um, you know, she didn't attend the Senate confirmation hearing after call basically said that um, the Senate didn't have the authority to move forward with her confirmation. So we've got that debate going on. Do you think that she made the right decision? What did you make of that? You know, and I, I've been very honest with everybody in my interactions with Megan. It's been we've had good conversations, you know, when I've got questions about uh, policies and concerns of things that have happened in elections locally. I've been able to call WEC and they've been able to give me great answers and be a great resource. Uh, Megan's been open and honest about what she believes her role is. Uh, and I've always told her and I've told folks who are concerned about WEC that it's not on my radar, right? Like I, when I opened their conversation a little bit too, I mentioned, you know, I've got 1,800 uh, municipal clerks and county clerks who run their own elections. Uh, they understand that WEC is there for guidance. They also understand that WEC is not running their election process. Uh, so I help them understand what their role is. I help them understand what they can expect from WEC. Uh, I think a lot of this other stuff is just extra noise. And I think, you know, whether Megan's making choices or not, uh, it doesn't doesn't much fall into my purview and my radar. I, I think that 
you know, she's going to do as she does based on what the commission allows her to do, based on what the attorney general's opinion might be, based on what the courts might tell her to do. Uh, the Senate's going to make their choices because of all of those things. And if they have a vote one way or another, I just don't see much change coming to that situation. So I just, I work around it as much as we can, uh, try to stay out of the controversy and just keep our nose to the grindstone on the assembly side just to get these bills ready. So when the Senate is past this, if they can get past it, that they can take these bills up and get them to the governor's desk. Yeah, I'm curious, did you turn it, tune into that hearing at all? And what were your thoughts on those concerns that people were voicing? It was a big N-O. I did not watch. I just I made a concerted effort just to stay in our lane because I had to focus on, you know, we had a public hearing yesterday on some bills, right? So I, I kept my focus there. I didn't want to end up getting distracted about all of these things. I mean, all the folks who came to testify, they... They already know uh, that the lines of communication are open. Uh, they can call anytime. We've worked with some of those groups to try to figure out what it is that uh, they may need to restore some of the confidence that they've lost in elections. And we're incorporating some of their ideas into some bills along the way. They come to testify on some of the bills that we hear. Uh, we've had folks like Jefferson Davis have come and testified on quite a few of the bills in the assembly already this session and had open and honest conversations saying, hey, if you want to be here and you want to talk, that's great. Uh, you know, and if you've got anything to say about us outside of here, just make sure you start it in here first instead of just starting it out somewhere else. So we, same thing, same philosophy, just, yeah, we're, we're here, we can listen, but we're not going to, and I, and I said it when I started this committee work, this session, I said, we're not going to add to controversy. We're going to add to solutions. Sure. I also want to touch on kind of a really big discussion about um, what our legislative maps are going to look like. We've got some ongoing lawsuits about that. Um, Speaker Voss has kind of hinted at a potential impeachment of Janet Protasiewicz if she doesn't recuse from that lawsuit. Um, so do you think if she doesn't recuse, that's something worthy of impeachment? What are your thoughts? So my thoughts are let the the top brass deal with some of these issues again. Like I you know, and I've had I had one person come up to me in district since the Supreme Court election and raise that concern. Literally one person who saw me at a quick trip in Wisconsin Rapids who asked me anything about it. I don't get emails. I don't get phone calls. So when I try to take the, the top line news and apply it to what's going on in my district, people are not talking about this. So I'm I'm going to just be in the wait and see category and see who blinks or who doesn't blink and what happens. If we, if we end up with new maps, we end up with new maps. I've, I'm, on, I'm on my third map already since I've got elected in 2011. So it's nothing new to me to have a, a revision in a map. Um, I think as long as legislators do their job the right way, they shouldn't have to worry about where their map lies because if you're doing your work, your constituents are going to support you and, uh, reelect you anyways so I, I you know like I said I just I don't and I tell constituents the same thing all the time I, I don't get into the the headline grabbing type stuff and it's not on my radar yet sure um you also mentioned earlier that you guys with the campaigns and elections committee had a hearing maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the bills um, that you guys were working on 
Yeah, so a couple of the bills were generated out of uh, some issues that happened in Milwaukee in the last few elections. Uh, one had to do with nomination papers and how many and how the signatures are counted and how they're applied. Uh, you know, it's a smaller issue, obviously, but it's a really important one where you had a uh, individual bring in the maximum amount of signatures. Uh, a bunch of those papers got thrown out. Uh, and even though they still had more than enough signatures turned in the way that they're counted, uh, they they throw those into a supplemental category to say, okay, well, you've turned in the maximum is 800. You turned in a thousand. We're not even going to look at those other 200, but then they end up throwing out a bunch of the initial ones and candidate had to fight to get back on the ballot, even though she had turned in enough signatures already. Uh, the second one that we had done was, Another common sense one that I don't know how it hasn't happened already is that if you're adjudicated guilty of a felony, uh, you're not eligible to run for office anymore, but you're still allowed to have a campaign account. Like, well, that doesn't make sense, right? So we worked on the ability to try to figure out how to uh, adjudicate those accounts to close them to make sure that people who are guilty of felonies can't have campaign money floating around to pay themselves with and cause more fraud. Uh, so as we peel back the onion on elections, we just keep finding these little small things that have to be tweaked. Uh, you know, we're also still working on our absentee uh, military voter ballot issue. Uh, the one that sprung up last year, one of the clerks in Milwaukee had mailed some uh, inappropriate ballots to the previous chair of this committee. So we've got a working group to figure out how to deal with those issues uh, it's just it's a myriad of election things that both sides are already agreeing on that we can actually get bills done and law signed to change. Uh, so it's more of the low hanging fruit that we're going to start with and work our way towards something a little more uh, significant down the road. OK, well, it sounds like you guys have your work cut out for you, but thank you for joining me for the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it anytime. Awesome, Kate. Thanks for bringing us that interview with Representative Krug. It was wonderful to hear from the chair of the Campaigns and Elections Committee. And if our listeners want to read more about elections, campaign finance news, campaign news, campaign advertising news, anything that has to do with campaign funding, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.